Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio WLMW 90.7 FM Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVV Radio in Las Vegas, Real Talk 93.3 The Voice of Freedom in St. Louis, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Recently, We the Patriots USA had their fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon. I was honored to take part for the second year in a row, going on almost coming up on my second anniversary with We the Patriots USA doing this show, Faithful Freedom. And I have to say, the Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon is one of my favorite things that they do. They've been doing this, um, like I said, for four years, and you know the COVID vaccine has not been out that long. So they were ahead of the curve. They've been sounding the alarm on the harms of vaccines in general um, for four years now with this marathon and for several years prior, the work that Brian Festa and Don Jolly, the co-founders of We the Patriots USA, both of them having their own um, journeys with vaccine injury for themselves or with their family members and children. And so they are just advocates and just trying to share the truth. And so these marathons are key. They've obviously ramped up and gotten bigger since uh, the COVID shot rollout and since COVID. And so today I am really excited to bring to you some excerpts from the interviews that I did. You know, we had 24 hours of interviews. So these are only small excerpts from the the few hours that I was involved in this marathon. I encourage you to head over to wethepatriotsusa.org and click on the tab um, for content. There you will see Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon and you can watch the entire 24 hours or we're going to we segment them out as well um, on the Rumble We the Patriots USA Rumble channel so you can pick and choose whom from the incredible lineup that you want to hear from. And you want to listen to but today I want to give you some of the best excerpts that I heard uh, during my few hours involved in the marathon this episode is brought to you by cardio miracle a vitamin D and nitric oxide solution that supports better cardiovascular and overall health for your gut your brain your muscles your skin your hair your heart your whole health learn about John Hewlett's discovery at cardiomiracle.com where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Hi, Dr. Janet Levitin is joining us here for the fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon. Hi, Dr. Levitin. I'm Taryn Gregson. Nice to have you on. Dr. Levitin, you've been, you've trained under Dr. Tenpenny's tutelage, for lack of a better term. You are a holistic pediatrician, and so you lend so much to this discussion. Is there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about today? Well, lots of things are on my mm -hmm. mind. Um, you know, freedom of choice in medical decision-making. I've been 
starting to delve into the RSV vaccine. I can't say that I'm fully schooled on it yet, but mm -hmm. the thought that comes to mind is these people promoting the vaccines, they do not stop. Nope. It's just one thing after another, they don't stop. They're just going to keep coming at us until we put up a barrier and say, no, you know, now it's RSV they're trying to promote. And I was trying to delve into that a little bit and it's a little bit confusing, you know, it's not really a vaccine, it's a monoclonal antibody. And then just the name of it, I had to write it down because it's so confusing. They call it Bay Fortis. That's the trade name. And what does that even mean? Yeah. B-E-Y-F-O-R-T-U-S. I was thinking it sounds kind of like some name for the devil or something, Bay Fortis. You know? All of these seem to have some sort of satanic underpinnings to them, do they not? And then it's called the the other name of it is near near sevimab hyphen alip. I know the MAB part stands for monoclonal antibody, but mm -hmm. um, you know it's just the attempt to scare us, yes. to scare us into thinking something is wrong with us. We need medical interventions. We need procedures. We need chemicals. We need vaccines. And it was just like you know when the pandemic started. It didn't, it's sort of like, it didn't fool me for even a minute. I just thought, oh, they're at it again. You know, it was SARS, it was MERS, it was Ebola, it was Zika. Nothing ever really catches on. They're trying to scare us with it. But um, this one, unfortunately, caught on in, in the society. It caught mm -hmm. on, you know, mentally and emotionally. And I think it wasn't really killing so many people more than the background level of death in the society until the vaccine came out. And then, you know, we know that the death rates have gone up, you know, way, way beyond what's expected. You know, that's what actuaries and insurance agents are telling us. Absolutely. We know, we see that the all-cause mortality rate among the entire population has increased and the alarming amount of pediatric deaths and uh, myocarditis and you know it seems like every week we have a several headlines of famous people not even just everyday people but famous people we're seeing in the headlines their children famous um you know or even student athletes that are experiencing cardiac issues um you know that is not normal we haven't seen that in the past that skyrocket but i love that you brought up the um the RSV vaccine and the RSV shot. And because they're pushing it on pregnant women, they're telling pregnant women that, that they can pass on the antibodies to their, to their babies if they get it while they're pregnant. And, you know, they're pushing this obviously onto children as well as a pediatrician yourself, you know, tell parents how they should even just be approaching RSV that should they even be as scared as what they're telling parents to be afraid of that they need this vaccine because it's such a, you know, it's such a um, scary thing to contract RSV. Tell parents what you really think about RSV. Well, I've started questioning even the existence of viruses as, as we describe them through the, the work of some controversial doctors like Dr. Thomas Callan and Dr. Andrew Kaufman, who talk about how viruses as an entity have actually never even really been identified. Yes, we do have phenomena where people get sick and it seems to be a contagion or a, you know, different people are getting sick with the same thing. But, you know, there, there's 
there's more to it. Um, you know, we certainly know that, you know, all the major pandemics have come um, in response to changes in electromagnetic fields. In the modern day, it's when they're ramping up, you know, introducing radio waves or introducing 5G, which I think was part of the context behind um, the COVID pandemic was they wanted to roll out 5G. I myself went to um, New York to visit my son um, right around, it was January, late December or January, you know, changing from 2019 to 2020. And um, when I came home, I got really sick, which in retrospect, uh, you know, I think was, you know, COVID, but um, I believe it's because I was exposed to a lot of EMFs. Anyway, um, so I, I think we, what we need to do is um, subscribe to the terrain theory, which is keeping ourselves as healthy as possible. We want to stay as healthy as possible so that we, our defense mechanism is preventing us from succumbing to whatever it is that's making people sick. And we can't be perfect with that, but it so much depends on, you know, what we eat, which is very difficult these days. In my view, not taking vaccines because this just stresses and you know, we could say weakens the immune system, stresses it, kind of, it's going to kind of ramp up some aspects of it and maybe decrease other aspects of it. So it's going to be out of balance and not protect us the way it's supposed to. Thank you for listening in to some of the excerpts from our fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon with We the Patriots USA that happened September 9th and 10th over the weekend. You can check out more at wethepatriotsusa.org. We'll be back in just a moment. And today's case spotlight, we are excited to announce that on Wednesday, September 13th, We the Patriots USA was successful in obtaining a temporary restraining order against D Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham's unconstitutional ban of the carrying of firearms in New Mexico. The governor issued this illegal executive order in the name of so-called, quote, public health emergency allegedly posed by rising gun violence in the city of Albuquerque. Well, we filed this lawsuit and... Um, we filed this lawsuit roughly 24 hours after the order was issued and within days secured the temporary restraining order. This is only a temporary victory, though, however, as we head back to the court on October 3rd, 2023, in an effort to permanently stop this order from going into effect. So please support us in our efforts to continue this fight by making a donation today at wethepatriotsusa.org. And we are back here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, where we are showing you some excerpts from our fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon that you can see the entire thing, 24 hours of this broadcast. You can see it segmented out at wethepatriotsusa.org under the Our Content tab and click on Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon. Here's more from our interviews. And to go on, you know, to, to piggyback off of the, um, you know, the challenging of viruses and the theory of viruses, if many of those that subscribe to that theory, and I think it's a very interesting one, and it's one that I myself have been looking at as well, is that you're most likely, like you said, environmental issues, also getting sick because of, an, you know, a lot of toxins in your body. So if you're then, if you're exposing yourself to toxins, we are just you know, enamored with them everywhere we go all around us in yes. our everyday life. And then you inject a vaccine that is toxic into a system that too, you know, induces an illness. Yes. And, and we know, certainly we know toxins such as aluminum, aluminum, 
as you know, I'm sure most of the audience here knows, it has no biological function in the human body. It's not supposed to be in the body. So if you ingest it or eat it, you're only going to absorb a small percentage of it. It's going to, for the most part, go through your GI tract and come out the other end. But when you inject it into the body, 100% of it is absorbed. And there's talking about how, oh, it's just such a tiny amount, but it's not such a tiny amount, actually. It's And when you're giving it to a little newborn, it's a very large amount, actually. And, you know, some people's um, mechanisms for detoxification are working better than others. So it's people who have challenges in their detoxification mechanisms who are going to be much more affected by this type of thing. So it's, um, you know, I just can't imagine how anybody thinks it's a good idea to, well, coming from the mindset that I come from, I can't imagine how anybody thinks it's a good idea to take one of these injections while they're pregnant yeah. or, or to give it to your precious little newborn. Mm -hmm. Especially because so many kids get RSV and, you know, it just, it rings to me just like so many of these different childhood vaccines of just trying to um, cater to convenience, right? Parents don't want to um, have their kids out sick, um, you know, they don't want to have to take off from work. So it, you know, it's easier for them maybe to think that this vaccine is going to prevent their kid from getting sick at school or daycare or what have you, because so many of these illnesses that are on the childhood vaccine schedule, they have scared us into thinking that it, they are all deadly. And that's just not the case. Well, that's true. Plus, it, it you know, it's a faulty notion that a vaccine is going to prevent you from getting sick as well. I, I mean, sometimes when you're a, you know, a quote unquote, an anti-vaxxer or you don't support vaccines or you're not in favor of vaccines, people think or accuse you of wanting to see people get sick and maybe wanting to see people die. Well, that's not the case. We don't want to see people be sick in ways that are going to be dangerous for them. But it's a faulty concept that taking a vaccine is going to prevent that from happening. In fact, you know, they convince many pregnant women to take a Tdap vaccine, which contains the acellular pertussis vaccine. But there's research that shows that if you take acellular pertussis vaccines, you have a lifetime increased susceptibility to having pertussis. In other words, the vaccine has negative effectiveness. You're more likely to have pertussis. So but you know you don't see this on the mainstream media. You don't see this on the news. You have to dig out a journal article from the um, Journal of the Pediatric Infectious Disease Society from 2017 or something like that. But and most many pediatricians probably haven't even seen that review article. But why do we want to do that? We we shouldn't want to do that. We should want to. So RSV, I, I'm a homeopathic pediatrician, which I've been for many years. So I've treated many cases of RSV with homeopathy, which is safe, effective, assists the body in healing its own self, very easy to administer to children. It's, it's awesome. And then, you know, vitamin C, which is a very overlooked nutrient. Humans are one of the few species that don't produce vitamin C in the body. So um, we need, and we need vitamin C every day. We need it not only for immune system, but for producing collagen, antioxidant detoxification. So actually vitamin C is a treatment for pertussis, also known as whooping cough. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know if Dr. Suzanne Humphreys has ever been on this marathon, but I she's- be I believe so. She's mm -hmm. an amazing doctor and she has written up a protocol, a vitamin C protocol for treating pertussis. And this is going to help with um, with RS, something like RSV as well, almost any infection. You know, in principle, eating healthy should should be doable, but 
eating healthy food is a nightmare these days. I mean, it's um, loaded with glyphosate. Even organic foods are contaminated with glyphosate, and it's hard to overstate the toxicity and the negative effects that's having. That's like a whole lecture unto itself. I'm not sure if Dr. Seneff is on this year, but- um, I, She is, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. she, she's amazing. I read her book and it's very sad to yeah. think about what, what glyphosate is doing um, mm-hmm. to people. It's, that, it's very hard to avoid. Um, what else is it hard to avoid? I mean, mold is in so many places nowadays, partly because EMFs are probably promoting its growth. So that's not one that I've, that I have, um, heard about that makes sense though, to me. Yeah. It's sort of like the electromagnetic field is, is threatening the life force of the mold. Like it, it, the mold is sensing that it's trying to kill it. So the mold has to proliferate to, um, to maintain its livelihood. So, um, just because I smell mold in so many places I go these days, Mm -hmm. Um, I, when I was younger, I didn't smell mold in that many places. Now I smell it in so many places, you know, public buildings, homes. Mm-hmm. So, so that, and that's making people sick. You don't mind. I would love for you to circle back to what you mentioned at the very beginning about um, the virus theory. And because I think it's so interesting and I'm not, maybe not everyone listening to the marathon has heard about this. Well, it's a little bit of a controversial subject, but I've been following Dr. Thomas Cowan Mm -hmm. and Dr. Andrew Kaufman, and they have combed through the literature on virology. And basically the way viruses are identified is, you know, they're going to go, say they're looking for a respiratory virus, they go and they like suck some mucus out of the respiratory passageways of a person, Mm -hmm. and then they start analyzing that, maybe putting that together with cells and saying, see, it has a cytopathic effect. But when you're suctioning out some mucus, that maybe that has a virus in it, but it also is going to have bacteria, fungi, proteins, you know, mucus proteins, proteins from the lining of the respiratory tract. And uh, according to what they say after combing the literature, and I can't claim that I have combed through the literature like they have, but I've listened to them talk about it, that an actual solitary virus has an actual virus has not been isolated really not just for COVID, but for any illness. And it, it sounds like, like heresy and it sounds, um, very, um, strange because we're, we're so ingrained in thinking this way and they're not claiming that people aren't sick and there's not, you know, Mm -hmm. similar illnesses that happened among people. They're just saying that the way, we have been taught to think about how things spread is seems as there's some holes in the the theory and in the what we've been told yeah and it's so um it's so timely that this has been talked about because of you know what everyone went through with the pandemic and what it's looking like is coming down the pipe and you know covid apparently is back on the rise and so i think it's really important that people have their ears perk up to that to just go on and do some more of your own own research in, into this. And I think that that's really just the basis of freedom, right? That we can go in and, and make our own decisions and, and do our own research and look at these. And, you know, what you were saying, that's my basic understanding of it as well. And, and two, when they're looking and analyzing these things under the microscope, they're putting in various substances as well to um, be able to see some of those things under the microscope. Yes. 
So to me, that's contaminating your sample, correct? Yes. You're, you, number one, you're killing tissues to look at them under at least an electron microscope. You're you know, maybe freezing it, staining it, um, altering it. So what you're looking at is not a, really a, a living system anymore. It's a dead denatured system. So that's it's kind of a deep topic and there's a lot of, um, th there's a lot of ins and outs to it. Thank you for listening in to some of the excerpts from our fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon with We the Patriots USA that happened September 9th and 10th over the weekend. You can check out more at wethepatriotsusa.org. We the Patriots USA. We the Patriots USA. We had a great event in Boise, Idaho, not too long ago. I really enjoyed it. How do people follow this? This is a big win, but it's a temporary win. This is a gun grab. Uh, this is to take away people's Second Amendment rights. It's outrageous. You guys have been playing offense against the governor of New Mexico. A really great organization. Everyone listening, by the way, they do such great uh, legal work. We the Patriots USA. We the Patriots USA. I am just floored how you're seamlessly getting into all different constitutional rights. Do so much with such success. We the Patriots USA.org. Is there anything we can do to help? Have you emailed me and said, would it be a better, a better way to invest my money? I'd give it to we the Patriots USA.org instead. That's why I give my money to them. They're trying to win. And we are back here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, where we are showing you some excerpts from our fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon that you can see the entire thing, 24 hours of this broadcast. You can see it segmented out at wethepatriotsusa.org under the Our Content tab and click on Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon. Here's more from our interviews. What do you do with what is your approach with those parents who have given their kids some or all of the vaccines they've decided to, um, you know, redirect and not be doing them or, you know, regret doing them if they're past that stage. What, is there anything that you, that you do with the children when you bring them into your practice right away? Are you deep doing any detox or what is your, um, you know, your move forward when vaccinated children come in and need your help? Uh, well, I'm obviously taking, you know, a thorough history. And then um, oftentimes I'm doing a hair analysis, which I analyze in a certain way to see um, if toxins are coming, expressing themselves in the hair or if the body's holding on to toxins. It's a doctor's data hair analysis. And I learned how to analyze it from um, a man named, uh, I, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, it's in the back of my brain. Uh, but he... Um, he promotes a certain type of, of detoxing with um, alpha lipoic acid and oral chelators that you take kind of around the clock in, in um, like three-day intervals. Um, his name will come to me in just a second. Um, so I do, I do a hair analysis for starters. And if I believe that, well, we know that there's aluminum in the body. So one of the um, world's foremost aluminum researchers, Christopher Exley, he has determined through his research that the, the best, if possibly not the only way to get aluminum out of the body is to drink silica containing mineral water. So naturally occurring silica in naturally occurring in mineral water. So probably the best known brand of that is um, Fiji water. 
which has a significant amount of silica that complexes with the aluminum and then you slowly urinate it out. Because we know that um, at this point that if there's no if there's no aluminum in the brain, there's no Alzheimer's. So uh, Alzheimer's is definitely associated with aluminum in the brain and autism, people with autism have even more aluminum in the brain than people with Alzheimer's. It's almost like the, it, you know, a childhood version of, of uh -huh. dementia. Of dementia. That so, is so interesting that you say that. And, you know, people can be exposed to aluminum, not just through vaccines, you know, through drinking out of aluminum cans, you know, other yes. various ways. So how long would someone need to be drinking a Fiji water on the regular to be cleansing themselves of that aluminum? Well, I think, you know, Christopher, I've heard Christopher Exley say this aluminum researcher that he drinks a liter of it every day. Wow. Because he knows that he has aluminum in his body and you add aluminum because we're, he says we're living in the aluminum age because sure. it's everywhere. So he drinks a liter of it every day to keep his, the, the aluminum coming out of his body. So I, I guess I would say ongoing, mm -hmm. um, ongoing. Um, and then I, I encourage people to use, um, healthy minerals because the more you put healthy minerals in your body, you're less likely to hold on to the toxic ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, I use, uh, sometimes I do gene tests on people, cheek swab gene tests, and I'm having them take, um, supplements called nucleotides, which are building blocks of RNA, which the idea is it's supposed to help us express our, our DNA in a more positive manner. And that's like sort of like a modified um, Amy Yasko protocol. She's a, a doctor who has you know, several different degrees. I, she's not an MD, but she has different types of, of um, you know, PhD level degrees and she's developed programs with the supplements and nucleotides. So I'm not claiming that I do her full program, but kind of a modified version of that. You can head over to TarynGregson.com where we are adding to our resource guides an aluminum resource guide. Talking about childhood vaccines, aluminum is in many of them. So if you head over to TarynGregson.com slash newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter and you'll get all of these resource guides for free. We have an HPV resource guide, an MMR vaccine resource guide, fluoride, and now, like I said, we've added aluminum to our free resource guide. We're also humbled to introduce to you our next guest, attorney Ray Flores um, of Children's Health Defense. He is a health freedom rights attorney, and he has been in this fight for a very long time. And so we are very grateful for all of the work that he has done. Welcome in, attorney Ray Flores, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, want to talk about the, you know, Kim was talking about CSIP and, or, excuse me, uh, the vaccine injury compensation program. Mm -hmm. She mentioned that I'd be talking about the PrEP Act. So let's talk about the PrEP Act. So do you know what the PrEP Act is? Uh, I Not really. Please explain it to me. Okay, no problem. And everybody mm -hmm. in the world should know what it is. Yeah. What it is, is like, you know, you, everybody knows you can't really sue. Everybody knows almost now everybody does know you can't sue the vaccine manufacturer. Yes. They didn't mm -hmm. know that at first, right? Yes. And so that's under the National National Childhood Vaccine Injury Compensation Act, right? But for uh, emergency, uh, you know, when there's an emergency, public health emergency, then there's a certain another category that makes it, you know, impossible to to sue the, the, you know, well, you can't sue the manufacturer to begin with, but 
you know, to, to, to take it even higher to the point of, of, you know, actually trying to, to, to get a federal court case out of, out of the death, like for Mr. Ramirez, who, and I don't know, man, I mean, if you meet him, I mean, it'll stick with you for the rest of your life. It'll, it'll, it'll literally haunt you what the pain that that man has been through. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll start over again and discuss prep. You cannot sue unless you can prove willful misconduct. And willful misconduct means that there was an intentional, there was an act that was brought about to uh, bring a wrongful purpose that they knew that had no legal or factual uh, justification to bring, and that they knew from the beginning that there would be uh, a harm that would greatly outweigh any benefit. And you can only do that if you've filed for the under the CSIP program within one year from the time that you took your vaccine. And then they, you know, take it through the administrative process. And then, and only then, can you bring the lawsuit in only one court, and that's Washington, D.C. District Court. And and they, they have a tremendous amount of hoops because you have to prove the willful misconduct. Now, out of the According to VARES or, or, or open VARES, there's 300,000 serious injuries and 35,000 approximate deaths from COVID vaccines. And a Harvard study says that those numbers are sometimes only 1% of what actually has happened. But of all those people, only 12,000 approximately have filed under the CSIC program. Wow. Out of, out of you know, now we're good. We went yeah. homeopathy, we were breaking it down. We're going to bring it back down to you. Know, there's all these people here. You know, 200C, and we're going to bring it down to the mother tincture, you know? Mm-hmm. And so out of all those people, uh, four people have been paid in the last three years. Yeah, I did hear about that. Mm-hmm. For death and serious bodily injury. So and what was the, sorry to interrupt you, but what was their key to proving willful misconduct? Okay, well, no, 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 no. They don't have to prove willful misconduct to file under CSIP. You okay, have to that you were injured, seriously injured, or dead, mm-hmm. and uh, and so out of those people who who filed four actually got money, and they got twenty two hundred dollars each, approximately, which is kind of laughable. Small. Yeah, yeah, it is laughable, man. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> from the Big Lebowski, laughable man. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so then nobody's ever brought a willful misconduct case before. <clears throat> Nobody's ever figured out how they can get around all those hurdles. But I did, and I brought this case, and Kim mentioned earlier that I'd be talking about the Watts case. And I've never done a a single interview on Watts ever since I filed on May 31st. But I'll talk a little bit about it. George Watts uh, was 24 years old. He he took uh, a COVID-19 vaccine so that he could attend classes in person. He waited until the licensed product, you know, until the vaccine was licensed to get it. And instead he got the experimental version of the vaccine Mm. and it killed him. So, so here's the thing. The Department of Defense was in charge of Operation Warp Speed. And so they directed Operation Warp Speed. They, they, They did not distribute, they did not manufacture, they just coordinated everything. But from the moment that they contracted with Pfizer to produce a vaccine, 
they said, we don't care if it's licensed or we don't care if it's uh, uh, authorized only, meaning only emergency. We don't care. And the DOD knows that they can't, that there is a difference between licensed and authorized because they got in trouble in the Doe v. Rumsfeld case where they were putting investigational anthrax vaccines into, uh, into their soldiers. Thank you for listening in to some of the excerpts from our fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon with We the Patriots USA that happened September 9th and 10th over the weekend. You can check out more at wethepatriotsusa.org. You need to stand up for the kids because it takes everyone. This is a quote from Father Ernest Ramirez, who is featured in our new documentary, Shot Dead, that is premiering on November 9th. His 16-year-old son was uh, killed after the vaccine, just five days after he got his Pfizer shot. His little boy, his 16-year-old son, passed away. And so we are giving these families, these families that have lost their children, their teenagers, their babies, to this shot, a voice on shotdead.org. You can go and watch the trailer. And we are humbled to announce that the premiere, the live stream free event will be on November 9th. You can go to shotdead.org and right underneath the trailer, uh, sign up for our email to get that free live stream link to the film whenever it premieres on November 9th. And we are back here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, where we are showing you some excerpts from our fourth annual Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon that you can see the entire thing, 24 hours of this broadcast. You can see it segmented out at wethepatriotsusa.org under the Our Content tab and click on Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon. Here's more from our interviews. So, so here's the thing. The Department of Defense was in charge of Operation Warp Speed. And so they directed Operation Warp Speed. They, they, they did not distribute, they did not manufacture, they just coordinated everything. But from the moment that they contracted with Pfizer to produce a vaccine, they said, we don't care if it's licensed or we don't care if it's uh, uh, authorized only, meaning only emergency, we don't care. And the DOD knows that they can't, that there is a difference between licensed and authorized because they got in trouble in the Doe v. Rumsfeld case where they were putting investigational anthrax vaccines into, uh, into their soldiers, you know, and some of the soldiers sued and said, you know, this is investigational, you cannot make me take this. Mm -hmm. And so they, the judge actually said, Judge Sullivan said, you cannot turn members of the military into human guinea pigs. I actually said that and enjoined them from doing it. So after they got the injunction, then magically the FDA uh, licensed the uh, anthrax vaccine, and then they could go back to shooting up everybody again, which is kind of uh, sad. But they, they have experience that they know there's a difference between mm -hmm. investigational and licensed. Now, as soon as they, as soon as they contracted, and once, and they said in the contract, as long as you can give me a hundred million vaccines, like right out of the gate, a hundred million doses, and they're either licensed or authorized, we will buy it. And so, as soon as they were informed that the 
authorized vaccine was available, DOD immediately went out and out of their way to tell everybody we have a safe and effective vaccine. Now, an authorized vaccine can only be called may be effective. A licensed vaccine is supposed to be safe and effective, mm -hmm. right? And so they know the difference between the two. So from the beginning, they never, ever cared about whether or not it was licensed, authorized, maybe effective, safe and effective. And not only that, but they, they, they told healthcare providers to tell everybody else that it was safe and effective. And even after three months and people started dying and there were reports of hospitalizations, they still came out and said that it was safe and effective. They gave... They gave all of these organizations um, through the COVID Community Corps over $13 billion that they gave to various organizations um, to be a part of this, to push the vaccine, including medical organizations like the American College of OBGYNs who took their grant money under stipulations that they had to use those words and they had to follow the jargon handed down from Health and Human Services, a.k.a. our government. Way? Could you send me that link? Because I would love to have that, that they have to use that jargon. Because mm -hmm. that is that is important to, 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 to know, because you cannot say that about a license, uh, an unlicensed vaccine. Absolutely. And, I will send you that. Uh, Dr. Thorpe, and uh, he's an OBGYN, and his wife, Maggie, who's an attorney, they have FOIA documents from Health and Human Services about all of this. Man, that's just awful. Mm -hmm. And uh, and again, I'm only going after the Department of Defense. I'm not going sure. after HHS. I'm not going after Pfizer. Mm -hmm. you know, when you think about it, I'll, I'll just run through the DOD, what they did. Now, from the beginning, they, all they ever did was mislead the American people in order to, quote unquote, push the vaccine through it to as many people as possible. And I think 80% of the American public took it. I, I think that means adults. Mm -hmm. uh, and 70% had, you know, I think the full complement or at least two doses. And I think it's down to like 17% now that are actually getting the booster. So people are losing confidence um, in the vaccine. I don't know why, but so anyway, so, so then, so that was element number one. So, and then the other thing too, is that if, if they've already been slapped on the, on their armored wrist for not, you know, for, for turning soldiers into human guinea pigs, then they knew ahead of time that they weren't supposed to, uh, that there was a difference and the goal was to push it through as fast as they could. And then the result or the wrongful purpose is that everybody will become an unknowing participant in a human experiment. Yeah. Now, they knew they had no factual or legal justification to be able to do that. And what that means is that because of Doe v. Rumsfeld and because they know that there's a difference between licensed and authorized vaccine, they knew they had no factual justification to mislead the American people in order to have the vaccine. Now, lastly, the, the hardest element to prove is that they knew from the beginning that it was that the harm would greatly outweigh any benefit. Now, because of Nuremberg and the United States was involved, the DOD was actually formed before the Nuremberg uh, judgment um, was issued. The US military was uh, involved in prosecuting uh, the, you know, the, in the doctor's trial, uh, which was the 10th or the 12th Nuremberg trial, if I'm not mistaken. And so they knew that, uh, that you know, human experimentation 
is um, mass human experimentation is it can have no benefit. It can have no benefit. So I was able to, and then the last piece is that he waited, George Watts waited until the vaccine was licensed. But since DOD was in charge of all, uh, dis, in charge of directing the distribution, then they had the choice of putting in a community, which was the quote unquote licensed item, but they never did. They left, they let the lie lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they allowed it to continue. And even though my guy waited until it was licensed, he still got the experiment 101 that DOD never cared about from the get go. So I have one lie, one continuous problem all the way through. And the coroner's report says that he died from the Pfizer vaccine. Wow. I know. That's that's incredible because there's so many that will not put that on the the autopsies. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they did. And they did their, they did their, um, all right. So. Yeah, it's an amazing, and you know, it's the first, it's the first uh, COVID vaccine uh, death lawsuit ever brought properly before the federal district court in D.C., where there's only one court, there's only one cause of action. You can't sue for, you know, wrongful, you know, wrongful death. You can't sue for a tort. You can't sue for battery. You can't sue for product liability. You can't sue, you know, for any any other theory other than willful misconduct, which is that kind of made up uh, law with all those those elements that I walked you through. Sorry for the legal lesson. No, it's great. Then on the icing on the cake, what they do is they tell you that they want to make sure that you know that if you bring that, they'll they'll that that there are harsh rule 11 sanctions, meaning that they will um, sanction you for bringing a case for a wrong purpose. Now all of a sudden they turn the table on you against the, the the plaintiff and the attorney for bringing a case. So it takes a tremendous amount of quijones to be able to, to, to bring this. And, but the case is strong. I've got uh, enough evidence to be able to, uh, you know, feel comfortable that I'm going to, to, to bring it and it's going to be successful. Wow, we so, just, Thank you um, and the family for wanting to to be willing to go down that path. It takes courage and, like you said, cojones to to do that. And That's right. um, it does on the family's part too, because I mean, just reliving that and having to go through all of it, it's it's so hard and it's such an emotional roller coaster. Not only because of the loss that you endured, but you know, it's hard that when they're coming at you, trying to break you down in any way that they can, I mean, that's, it's hard emotionally. Um, And so we thank you for doing this. And this could be huge. I mean, this could be so big. Thank you so much for listening into these small excerpts from our Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon to hear and pick and choose which doctors, experts, scientists, parents, advocates that you want to hear from. Go to wethepatriotsusa.org, click our content and hit Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon and you can see it all segmented out or on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel. 
If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA.